Welcome uh, to the Christian Sport Podcast. It's great to be with you. My name's Johnny Reed. I'm here with uh, a really exciting guest, Bertie Kennedy. Uh, I'm sitting in his garden, which you might hear the birds fluttering. Um, the sun's coming out. It's a lovely afternoon. Um, opposite his shed, um, which is his home office. Um, he's a senior performance analyst at Intelligent Cricket. So we're, we're, we're going to chat today about what it means to be uh, a Christian and a sports analyst uh, and think that through a little bit. He works with uh, a number of professional sports teams, organisations, helps them make better data-driven decisions. He also lectures at the University of Gloucestershire on performance analysis. Uh, has previously worked uh, with Yorkshire County Cricket Club, the Northern Superchargers, helped them with their inaugural draft. And he lives here in the beautiful, uh, well, Bradford-upon-Avon, near Bath, uh, with his wife, his child. He's also the captain, we'll go chat about it later, captain of the first scene of Oldfield Old Boys Rugby Club. They won a massive tournament on Wednesday, so it's been good to chat about that. Bertie, thanks for joining us. No um, first question we ask everyone, the first question. Uh, how does your sport and faith connect? Yeah, I think... Yeah, it's been a journey. It's probably changes. Ask me in another 10 years, it'll probably be totally different. Um, but I think in my current space of life, what it allows me to do is to enjoy my sport most, to play with a smile mm-hmm. and to know that actually my identity isn't in it. Mm-hmm. And actually I can, I can like take, yeah, win, lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I can enjoy the gifts that God's given me mm-hmm. and I can enjoy playing them and I can enjoy the sports that have been created and I can enjoy the way that my body moves and enjoy the way that it succeeds hopefully or enjoy the way that it fails or and the whole thing that is wrapped up in sport the relationships that come Mm. with it the environments the cultures that we're involved with um it it makes it a really enjoyable experience and Mm. i think also it allows you to be with the world Mm. it allows such an amazing opportunity to speak to others and to share something of the good news and Mm. it in an environment where you're so close to one another Mm. Um, it's been really powerful for that, and that's a real motivator as well. So, um, lots of yeah, lots of different reasons. Well, let's, well, well, let, well, let, we let's go there. Fir- let's go there first. Up, let's go Wednesday night. So Wednesday night, yeah, let's go there because we, we want to get to speak about <laughs> being an analyst. But let's go Wednesday night because we've been different talking. Sport. We've been talking different sport. Rugby. You played rugby for many years. Yeah. Um, you're the captain of the first thing, Oldfield Old Boys Rugby Club. It's the Bath uh, combination. Bath vars. combination vars at yeah. Bath Rec Professional Ground. Yeah final yeah. you said you played week on week on week to qualify recently yeah. quarter semis finals um you just said it's probably your greatest sporting moment on the field in some way yeah without a doubt yeah talk us through that then why how would maybe it be different now 10 years on why have you enjoyed have you enjoyed it yeah. more because you, you maybe you understand your faith and your sport a bit better now maybe i think the whole day was special because of the people we were doing it with and i think to have so the squad we've 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 had this year it, we've had we kind of had a bit of a rebuild this mm. year. We had quite low numbers and then we've come and we've been able to achieve. We, we had a very clear vision at the start of the year, what we wanted to achieve. Mm. And then doing it with the people we've done it with, but then also doing it in our city, mm. looking out and seeing the support of those who were here, um, to, who've done it all the way through mm. was, was just brilliant. And I think that's probably what will stick with me the most. But even when we were under the pump on Wednesday, mm. it was a kind of, our whole our whole mantra the whole week was oh, just in, we've got to enjoy it smiles on faces <laughs> that's what we said smiles on faces smiles on faces mm. that was the message that I was trying to drive mm. and yeah there was a point where there were smiles weren't on faces <laughs> um, but now we can look back and really enjoy it but I think mm. it would be very interesting having this conversation had the result gone the other way it is very easy to say yeah. it was great because we won yeah. I'd like to think I'd be able to say it was great even if we lost mm. um and and I think ultimately it might have 
impacted me slightly less than maybe others in the team yeah. if we'd lo- lost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. We didn't, so we can enjoy so we can it, enjoy and we can it. have exactly. massive smiles on faces. Exactly. Um, but it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Great. Well, let, uh, as in, let's go there first. Let's zoom back. So, um, you, as I rugby was your your main sport growing up. One of them, rugby, cricket. Yeah, rugby, cricket. It was always around availability of different stuff for yeah. what you're doing in the summers versus. It seems to be the rugby season is a bit more structured. Summer okay. kind of everything, everything kind everything of happens. Everything shifts, but, and doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so, how did you first then connect your sport and faith as a young person growing up? Yeah. Um, well, you'll be unsurprised to hear. <laughs> I went to Sports Plus. Someone from church back home said, like, knew I was sports mad. Always been sports mad, and said you'd probably enjoy going there, <laughs> um, which I did. And it was it was transformational because I think for me, particularly because both sports were heavily Sunday dependent, mm. um, particularly Sunday mornings where where we did have a church which we went on a Sunday morning. Um, it always they were always at loggerheads yeah. and I think that was difficult for me because I knew I knew there was nothing inherently wrong with sport mm. but it was always one or the other mm. so that was always difficult um, but actually coming in going to Sports Plus and seeing people other other people who were just like me who loved sports so so much mm. and could enjoy that but also were really buzzing about their faith um, that was a big a big moment for me and actually seeing that yeah sport can be worship sport mm. can be sport is a good thing mm. um given to us by god <laughs> and um that was a real big moment and from then on it's always been about understanding that more how mm. we how that plays out i suppose yeah. in the good times in the bad times mm. and how we can use our bodies in that in that way and you're now you're still in sport you've stayed yep. in sport so yep. university studied yeah, studied at Bath Uni, yeah. did sport and exercise science. Yeah, um, yeah I'm sport mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, played played rugby at uni. And then it's actually how I got into performance analysis. I went mm. away on a placement year in my third year, um, worked up in the northeast with a um, with yeah, a company, um, working with Durham Cricket and Yorkshire yeah. Cricket, and then a little bit with Durham Uni, mm. doing a lot of video stuff. So filming, um, tagging was what we kind of, whenever you film, you kind of, add different pieces of information to different clips so you'll clip mm. a clip a game up say it's rugby all the scrums you, you clip all the scrums up and then you tag whether you won the ball mm. if you went and scored from it if you played off 10 all those sorts mm. of things you'd add that information onto it after the event so a lot of it was to do with that mm. and then what we realized was yeah video analysis has its place in terms of looking at technique looking at mm. it particularly in cricket if we bring it around to cricket yeah. now like where your head is over the ball, where you're like the angle of your back as a bowler from an injury perspective, yeah. or like your wrist position as a spinner, all that sort of stuff where you can use with video. Um, but what we found was that yeah, video and still is great, but it only gives a snapshot. Mm. And what we were able to see with the data that we were tagging on these video clips, mm. we could actually use that data to explore further mm. what more overall trends. So mm. is someone particularly weak against a certain type of bowler? Yeah. Or is someone particularly strong on a certain side of the wicket with a certain shot? Mm. We were able to delve in much deeper mm. to a level which coaches we were dealing with hadn't really... They, they always thought and they mm. would come with their preconceived mm. notions. Um, but to actually have it mm. as an objective fact... Because it's fair to say, isn't it? You've, you've, kind of <laughs> you've kind of grown up in the industry as cricket has caught up. Yeah. That. It seems, seems like with yeah. the, obviously the revolution of T20 cricket, your yeah. smaller margins aren't there and yeah. lots of these kind of one percenters, whatever you want to yeah. call them. Yeah. There's loads more chat now around data yeah. and matchups and things yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Owen Morgan famously was kind of the, the numbers with yeah. the analysts kind of yeah, saying, 
I don't know what I mean. So there's loads more of that now. Yeah. Is, is that kind of how it's felt? You kind of you're kind of at the cusp of it when you started. Yeah, and... like it was it was right time, right place, massively. Yeah. At, well, right time, right place. God's <laughs> got his plan, hasn't he? But um, mm. we we were there. I I felt we really were there at the start of this. They've called it a bit of a data revolution, mm. and we've seen in the way that guy like bigger companies have come in. You look on Sky, you see mm. uh, Hawkeye pitch maps, all that sort of stuff has come into the game more commonly. Mm. Um, I'd like to think we were we were really at the forefront of it, doing stuff kind of a bit under the surface a little bit. We we were understanding it mm. as coaches and cricket clubs were understanding it as well. So it was quite yeah. a, a natural evolution of things. It wasn't, we definitely hadn't formulated our ideas mm. um, and we were kind of growing with it and seeing mm. where it takes us. Mm. Um, so we were able to then bring that into those dressing rooms, try and impact on recruitment, on strategy, mm. on all these great, best things which is why I wanted to get into it because yeah. unfortunately yeah my cricket career I was never <laughs> going to be a pro cricketer as much as I love it I just kept getting bold so it was never going to happen um, but being able to impact what's going out in the middle and mm. saying oh that was my call mm. although I didn't been bowl the ball I didn't hit the shot yeah. being able to say actually bowling him to that batsman mm. that was that was part of me and mm. actually that that took <laughs> a huge amount of satisfaction I do remember the first game we did it. We, Yorkshire scored, I think it was 220 against Notts. Mm. And it, the innings planned out exactly as we would say was plan A. <laughs> we had all our people coming in at the right time where they were strong. And it just clicked and we came away like, wow, mm. that, that was mega. The mm. biggest moment of job satisfaction <laughs> because it was, yeah, although I didn't do any of it yeah. on the field, it was the thinking behind it was there to go actually, ah, yeah, we, that, that, I can own a little bit of that. And that was, mm. that was really cool. Tell us then a um, bit about work now. Like you said, you, yeah. you had your placement. You work with different clubs, particularly. What does it yeah. look like for you now? What, what what's kind of your role then in your in, yeah. your in your business in your company? So a lot of what I do is consultancy. Mm. Um, so well, it's probably two main aspects: consultancy and training. Mm. So consultancy, um, we will offer different products, different services to different clubs. They will kind of we have a bit of a menu. They'll choose yeah. what what we what we have to offer around different statistical packages or things like that. Um, and then I'll work with the coaches of those to kind of answer their questions. All right, so who do we sign here? What about this player? What about this player? What about this strategy? Where are we strong? Where are we weak? And we'll, I'll kind of come in as a consultant and deliver and answer some of their questions. Um, that's one aspect. And the other aspect is around training. So I work with a number of counties around training their analysts. Okay. And that links a little bit in with my teaching. Yeah. Um, but I'll, 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 I'll get a jump on a call and we'll go through... I'll train them in a way of doing analysis, which is what mm. I've been doing, and a way of helping them to get to their answers quicker so they can be better in their role. Yeah. And, and the, the idea, it was, tricky. it was tricky when I was working more with Yorkshire closely mm. because it was kind of like, well, are you not giving away some competitive advantage <laughs> a little bit because of yeah. all the analysts? But now it's a real joy to do it because I see it as if, if we can get all the analysts better in the country, we'll raise that tide yeah. and hopefully better decisions will be being made Mm. across the board because some decisions are not made with particular <laughs> due diligence I don't mm. think mm. Um, people have their reasons and that's fine mm. but I think there is a level of professionalism which mm. cricket can be lacking sometimes mm. and actually upskilling people to be making more um, objective calls can be can be a good thing I think mm. well let, let, yeah let's talk a bit on that I think it's interesting to try and think through obviously as you said Christians in sport podcast you're, you're a Christian you trust in Jesus you're your fundamental worldview yeah. will affect. Yeah. In some ways, we could be having this podcast on a 
Christians in the workplace yeah. conversation, which is great. Yeah, but yeah. There'll, be, there'll be nuances we'll dive into sport. But it was a lot of you as a, as a bringing your Christian worldview to your the way you understand your work, your, yeah. your vocation. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obviously the way you're wired as well. Like you say, God has made you in a certain way and you're, mm. you're good at it. You're obviously good at it, what you mm. do. Um, how does those kind of two things come together, your faith and then your kind of vocation, your work? Yeah, I think I think it is really interesting. And when, when I was thinking about that, that question, um, a lot of my work is to provide objective views on things. And a lot of it is down to fairness, I think. A lot of what I do is, I need, and you know this, like there are lies, damn lies and statistics. I can, <laughs> I can spin a yarn for any particular player, right? I, yeah. If I wanted to, I yeah. can. They're, they're, you can pick and choose different bits. You can exclude certain pieces of data, exclude certain matches and come up with a random reason mm. to exclude those matches. You can, you can spin a web. Mm. You really can mm. to, to, to prove my point. If I said, I, w- I think we should sign this guy, I could spin a web to make sure that could happen. Yeah. And I think for me, where it's come back with my faith is actually trying to be as objective as possible and lay plain the facts, mm. lay plain what I think is the truth around a player's performance. Mm. I take really seriously. And so any particular model that we might bring, any particular metric we might use, a lot of the work I will do in it is around making sure there are as little bias as we can get in it mm. because there and knowing that there will always be certain biases around what we perceive, perceive as good what we perceive as bad or good mm. performance bad performance but trying to be as objective as possible because some of the stuff that I will produce and I will give to people it has an impact and mm. sometimes it's it's making sure I try not to think about that because ultimately it's my job I'm doing these there are yeah. no, there are numbers on a page but making sure that what I'm producing is is as, as much as I can be mm. truthful to what is, what's been happening, mm. that's really important. And I think mm. that's where my faith comes in to go, no, no, I need to be like, I need to be just here. I need to be truthful. Mm. I need to be, and my integrity needs to be really good. What, why is integrity view as a Christian so important? Because it's come up 10, 20 yeah. times this conversation. I think, I think it's a characteristic of, of God, mm. which is hugely important to who he is mm. like he has to be integral he is mm. the lord god he is he is judge he yeah. is creator he is mm. all those things yeah he is fully graceful he is fully merciful mm. but he is also fully just and actually that in- the integrity of the lord he is beyond reproach in that regard mm. and to imitate his character i think is something that we are encouraged to do yeah. we're commanded to do we are to yeah. chose to, to be more like him yeah. And so if we can make sure that we, in my work, in terms of when it comes to my numbers, that I am beyond reproach, um, I need to be. (laughs) Mm. Because otherwise I am not reflecting the God that I serve. And we can only do that, can't we? We want to be clear on that. We can only do do that because of God's grace (laughs) at work, because of his spirit helping us to do that. Our natural instinct will be to hide it will be to yeah. lie it will be to it will, manipulate the numbers to, to li- be, like that's the be, thing someone yeah. someone exposed right i come to someone with a number yeah. and they go that's not right they counter it with some other number and you go yeah yeah but you would and you argue your way out of it yeah. so easily yeah. to go no 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 yeah but you were doing this you were doing that no no my numbers are better some you need to be and and often <laughs> by having all these numbers it can help drive your integrity because if someone comes yeah. back to you and goes why did you do that mm. I can point to the numbers and go hang on hang on this wasn't me mm. 
I'm doing this based on my research and I'm doing this based on my numbers, which is hopefully more objective. So I find it helps me yeah, yeah, with definitely. some integrity. Yeah. But you have to have that holistic view of, of what you're collecting from a data point perspective mm. to be able to drive that. Yeah. But it, yeah, I think being able to image God mm. in that way, as you say, I will get it wrong on a daily basis. Mm. But in my work life, <laughs> working with no one else looking over my shoulder, looking at what I'm doing, mm. I could be on my phone all day. But they, they might not know that. Mm. But being able to make sure I can say to them, no, 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 I, I am working for the wage that you pay me. Yeah is really important yeah. and and it, it's that it's that same level of integrity that i have when i come to my numbers yeah. when i'm speaking to players to go no, no this is this is as, as as truly as i can say to you these are the, the 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 most accurate most valid fairest reflection of your performance that i can give mm. i have not tried to hide anything mm. yeah i might have if there is scientific reasons to take out some outliers yeah. as as there is in all scientific research yeah, yeah. yeah i will do that i will follow the right protocol but i need to make sure that as i'm presenting someone mm. presenting a coach with a player's information or a player with their own information i am i am being as honest and as truthful as i can be and my integrity needs to be really good yeah. and actually yeah, I, I slip up on that, but mm -hmm. I know that with 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 being a Christian, that is important mm -hmm. as well. And I think bringing that through and making sure that yeah, I can offer objective fact. Sorry to interrupt. I'm loving this chat with Bertie, and I hope you are too. Uh, but I, I want to mention again our weekly devotion, Game Day. You can sign up and receive it on whatever day suits you best. For me, uh, I'm a cricketer. I'm in the middle of the cricket season. I get mine on a Saturday morning, but you can choose your day. Maybe you train on a Tuesday. Get it on a Tuesday morning. You then get a, a short five-minute devotion specifically written for sports people. You can read it. You can listen to it. Uh, and then it prompts you to pray for your friends in the world of sports. Thousands of people get it each week. And we can highly recommend it as you continue to think through how the good news of Jesus affects your sport. You can sign up today. It takes literally uh, about 10 seconds. It takes you more than that. Let me know. At christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash game day. That's christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash game day. Let's head back to our chat with Bertie. How does that play out with, as in we want to say, we're, we're, we're made in the image of God, all, all of us, all of our, yeah. our, our mind, our body, our, um, our abilities. And yet, it could feel. I imagine if you're playing an elite sport that you're isolated to become a data point. Yeah. Um, yeah. How? <laughs> uh, and you may, like you say, you're bringing obje obje objectional, uh, not objectional, <laughs> objective facts. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, but how do you how do you keep reminding yourself? But also, do you have an influence in how you help coaches see the, the whole of a person? Yeah. Because obviously. Like you say, decisions are made not just based on data, and that's fair and right. There'll be yeah. somebody could be a really good teammate, yes, which actually definitely. they there's all it's pretty unmeasurable in some ways. Mm. How does that kind of play out in the world of sport? It's, it has been really interesting. We've spoken about this data revolution in cricket before, and I think when we first brought it in, there was a lot of objection to it from players because yeah. they see stats as a way of bashing them over the head yeah. and going, "You're not good at this. You're not good at this. You're not good at this," and actually what we tried to do was 
to flip that as well and go actually no data this can be for you mm. we can highlight where you are really good because let's be honest if you're playing professional sport you will be really good <laughs> yeah. at what you do yeah. yeah you you will have something which has got you to that point mm. whether it's your cover drive whether it's your power hitting whether it's your your slower ball whatever you've got mm. there is a reason you're playing professional sport that's mm. not a coincidence mm. and i think being able to highlight to players yeah okay data can provide a way of highlighting where you're weak absolutely and and that's up to the player with them with their mindset how they take that on board absolutely but actually being able to use the data to go no no mate you're really good at this you're you're in this role you are really really good and, and there was a great example of that at Yorkshire where we, we 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 looked at the numbers we looked at different entry points into an innings we looked at t20 and there's a particular player who was brilliant yeah. At the back end, so from over 16 onwards in a T20, he was really, really good. Yeah. But he usually, he, he didn't always play that role because it was quite a fixed batting lineup. He'd bat at five or six and he'd come in wherever it kind of fell. Yeah. But whenever yeah. he got the opportunity to bat in that zone, he was really good. Yeah. And we, we were able to visualise that and show him. And he was up there with the best names <laughs> in the world. And from that point on, he, he puffed. You could <laughs> see him change in the way that he played and go, no, no, I am good at this. Yeah. I can have confidence in this. And, and from my perspective, trying to bring the, the objectiveness and the kind of scientific nature of data mm. and match that up with the people that we deal with, mm. that's often where the, there can be miscommunication because you're either seen as the bloke behind the computer who's there just to bash you and tell you where you're bad mm. or you're seen as the kind of, the lo- the kind of arm around <laughs> the shoulder kind of, oh, I'm here for you kind mm. of person. And how we navigate that gap yeah. um, is really important mm. and actually being able to give people confidence but being making sure like I'd like to think if there were if there are people listening who are involved in a heavy data sport and most sport is heavy data now Nowadays, whether yeah. it's football rugby how far you run your collisions all that sort of stuff from a Christian perspective making sure that you you don't need to be defined by your stats your batting mm. average your batting strike rate that that isn't what defines you on a, on a, on a massively holistic level mm. you are way more than your batting strike rate if you play t20 cricket you are way more than your batting average than your bowling average than whatever but actually that you're we can bring in we can we can nurture those those people those those people who are they're just humans mm. right i think it for me coming in the biggest shock to a changing room environment was it was just like going into my club changing room. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, mm. they were the same characters. Okay, the, all these people were really good at cricket, which is totally the opposite of my club changing room, <laughs> right? These guys could bat really well. They could bowl really well. well they were them are listening to this. Yeah, yeah, international superstars, some of them, in that, in that yeah, York's yeah. dressing room. They were yeah. fantastic players. But the characters and insecurities and, and bravado, that was all there. Mm. They were in there and they... The, the same characters you have, the storyteller, the, the person who kind of just sits a bit quieter, who just goes about their business, the tidy one, the messy one, all that is still there. <laughs> yeah. And to actually, for me to realize that and go, okay, no, these, these people, they, they still need Jesus just mm. because they're professional sports. They still, need, yeah. they still need to hear the gospel, but also that they're not bulletproof. No. And so the way that I can bring my stats to them and, and invo- inform coaches and and being able to make sure that they understand potentially reasons why they're dropped, understand reasons why they might not be getting another contract mm. is, is really important. Yeah. But it, I need to be, have ma- a huge amount of integrity when doing that to make sure that I'm not seen to be siding one way or the other, yeah. to go, oh, I'm o- always on the coach of, side of yeah. the coach or I'm always on the side of the player. Mm. To be able to walk that line. Mm. Um, What's yeah, the relationship really like with 
have you found that with coaching is, is this on his pressure from coaches and how you advise them to make decisions we we chatted to a physio fran sort of october november it's really interesting because as a physio she said occasionally she'd be either from the player to hide yeah. an injury yeah or from the coach to persuade her to go no yeah. they're, they're fine they can play yeah, yeah, yeah. do you is a similar pressure sometimes from coaches to go i need i need a reason to drop this character or i need a reason to select this person for whatever reason is it is that a complicated relationship with the coach my my boss was very heavy on me and my formative years in the role mm. around making sure that we are on the side of the coaching staff not the mm. side of the players don't get too cushy with the players because they come and go they can influence you. you you get you you can get caught up in their story to to spin that yarn right they're desperate for another contract because yeah. of a something going on at home yeah. can you can you spin that number a little bit can you tweak it up and you don't want to put yourself in that position so it, I've always been side of the coach. They all have a preconceived idea. They're mm -hmm. the coach, right? And I've always been <laughs> careful to make sure that they all know more about the ins and outs of cricket mm -hmm. than I do. Because often coaches, they've played for 10, yeah. 20 years, whatever. They will, they will always have a preconceived idea of what they want or what they think they've seen. That's mm -hmm. probably the biggest thing. And when you go to challenge that, mm -hmm. that's where it can get difficult. Yeah. Or whether uh, maybe where we site where we sign players, right? I think we should sign this person, mm. and you go, "All oh, right, did they just get hundred last week? Oh yeah, they did. Funnily <laughs> enough, we think we should sign that player. <laughs> Great." And you look at the data, and you go, "No, no, no, that player can be brilliant." And mm. that that's always the case with data. These players on any given day, yeah. they can be brilliant. They yeah. can score hundred. They can score. They can go at two hundred striker. They can take a five or whatever. Mm. Any given these cricketers are too good not to be able to do that, but. When it comes to due diligence, when it comes to the probability or where it comes to the, the weight of evidence, mm. that's where I need to come in and often state my case. And that, that's where often my reputation comes with me to yeah. go. And, and that's where, from my faith perspective, it's <laughs> going, hang on, no, if I don't win this argument around who I think we should sign, mm. ultimately, the coach is going to make that call. Yeah. But being able to bring and go, I've said my piece. I think I know and I've, I've said what I think would be the right call. Mm. Whether they go with it or not, hey, that's, yeah. that's why they're paid way more than me <laughs> to do that. But um, to bring that, yeah, that, the, the, the way that the coach interacts with us, it's often a kind of, shall we do that? Mm. I think we should do this. Does the data back that up? Yes, and often you'll be amazed how often they're right. Yeah. As a coach, yeah. <laughs> they see so much and their intuition is so on point mm. that often they go, oh, I think this is happening. Can you check the data? Mm. Oh, yeah, it is. Wow, that was like, how did you spot that? Oh, well, yeah. they're the coach. They're brilliant at this. Mm. Um, so often it is backing up what they think is. But when you challenge them on a decision, mm. you need to be sure that your numbers mm. are in order <laughs> mm. and your ducks are in a line. Mm. And But the way you go about doing that is... Uh, this, this, the soft skills involved. Um, let's talk, it's, it's let's talk more a, about those soft skills. And what, yeah. what are kind of the, what makes a brilliant? So, so people might be listening in. I imagine yeah. some people go quite fancy doing that in the future. Maybe young people listening in or people at university. What are some of the soft skills which you think? Because, like you said, you you could just be the man behind the computer. Yes. Going here's the data. Here's the facts. Um, there's no. There's nothing else around that. But like we said, people are people. There. There's a there's a wholeness to them as well. And you want to treat people with respect. And what What are some of the soft skills which you'd be if you, if you were speaking to, when, you, when you're on your lecturing course and you're, yeah. maybe, maybe this comes across, hopefully that comes across, yeah. doesn't it? What, what are some of those? Uh, just like empathy. Yeah. Like understanding that 
these people for you for you they could be a data point yeah, yeah. they are a name in a list which is usually done in alphabetical order because <laughs> that's the way you like it yeah um they are they can be a name they can be a dot on a screen mm. right they can be a, a data point sometimes in the wrong quadrant if you're looking at a scatter point yeah. you want them to be in the top right sometimes <laughs> they're in the bottom left mm. yeah but understanding that these people like yeah they're good at cricket mm. yeah they play cricket yeah they might have the job that you would love to have Playing professional sports seems like the best job in the world, right? Mm. But understanding that actually sometimes that data point to challenge them on that or to highlight that, mm. that, can, that can really hurt. Mm. And actually that can be really dangerous. And so mm. if you haven't done your due, dil due mm. diligence in making sure your data isn't biased, mm. you, you leave yourself exposed. If you go yeah. after somebody, they'll come after you. Yeah. And you need to make sure that that is And like you're saying, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a real honesty and integrity in that because like we said with sports people they're no they're no different to me and you in some ways they're just better at sport yeah. but at the same time we want to say that there is a real difference between me playing for coming to cricket club second yeah. 11 on a saturday yes i get out sell la vie versus um elite sport there's, there's yeah. a pressure there's an there intensity is. there's a like you say there's data presented in the wrong way can actually affect somebody's livelihood and their career yeah, so there's absolutely. a real seriousness which I think we need to, if you're listening in and you are a competitive sports person or you, you maybe wonder why at Christians in Sport we particularly have a focus within the sort of elite world of sport and how we disciple and support and, and help people think through a Christian identity. It's because there are unique pressures. They're, mm. they're, just, they're normal humans, and that's the, that's the other important angle here, isn't it? They're normal people with the same insecurities and yeah. the same queries. But then there is that public pressure and also yeah. the, the amount of scrutiny as well. I think in my job, I, or at my cricket club at least, minimal scrutiny beyond the score which goes up yeah. on the website yeah. at the end of the, yeah, yeah, well yeah. there's so much For scrutiny sure. isn't there in your job yeah or in, in, in that, not in, in my in, job not in your job no, that's the, that's the, the beauty in the profession in the yeah. cricket there isn't there yeah yeah and and Pete, and because again you're in that team environment as well if you've got a string of low scores yeah. as a batsman or you haven't taken a wicket in a few innings like people know that people see that yeah. you don't need the stats to tell you that either like yeah. you'll know if you're performing or you're not performing we've all been that bad run of form haven't we mm. And you don't need somebody else to come in and go, oh, you haven't scored very many runs. It's like, yeah, well, well done. Like, tell me something I don't know. Yeah. Um, and that's often the that's often the comment. Like, oh, well, genius. Doesn't take an analyst to tell me that. But um, it is it is making sure that as an analyst, although we are not, we are in the, that professional world of sport, and we do deal with big highs and big lows, mm. wins and losses. Um, these these players, they, yeah, they are. They are mm. human. They are made in the image of God. Mm. And they they need to be dealt with sensitively mm. when it comes to their where they're good and where they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> because everybody everybody is good in some bits and everybody is bad in some bits, That's right? Just, yeah, yeah. Even Don Bradman, <laughs> like he got out in his final innings for what was it, four or five, didn't quite yeah. get that average of yeah, hundred. Yeah. There will be positive and negatives mm. every single person. Mm. But making sure that we can highlight the good bits and make sure mm. we can package the bad bits in a way not so that we deceive yeah. not so that we can flatter mm. or not so that we can hide stuff away to build people up with false confidence mm. we need to be honest with people mm. but making sure that they're aware mm. of of the good and the bad and making sure that they they know that ultimately as an analyst working in a team mm. like we want them to succeed as much <laughs> as they want them yeah, to yeah, succeed yeah. we're not here to try and get them out of a contract we're mm. not here to try and um do any of that no. we want them to ultimately go out and do the best they can be mm. we're on their team mm. and, and the way that but that conversation yeah. 
and the way that we deal tell that to the coach mm. without belaying any confidences we've had with them the way that we tell that to the captain or to the player or the way that we tell the player stuff that mm. there's often a hierarchy of data around okay. who where do you feed it and where does it get disseminated mm. and often you go to the coach and he will feed down sometimes he hasn't got the, the knowledge or the, the capacity to feed out all the pieces of information that he needs to so he'll say oh you can tell the bowling group that or whatever but actually making sure that you don't give anybody something that the coach who actually knows them better mm. doesn't want them to see that's also important yeah because the coach knows the whole person again isn't it yes. if, if they're a good coach yes. they're, they're treating them as human beings not yeah. just as yeah and, 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 and as you said uh, rightly there is so much more to performance than numbers yeah yeah there is the way you are in the dressing room there mm. is there are so many pieces that will get fed in around mm. selection or recruitment there's also many factors aren't there to why somebody could be performing or not as well it may not be technique it could be what's going on in their home life exactly how do we understand exactly. what exactly and where do we bring that into play where yeah people are people they're humans they're, yeah. they're whole it, 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 as we kind of wrap up if we have many sort of elite top level athletes who listen to this sports people listen to this um, not to be an apologist for an analyst I think you've done that really well because I think you've kind of helped see what a good analyst would look like but what would you kind of want them to understand about about your kind of profession what would you want them to kind of take away and go ah okay I've maybe got this wrong or I may don't think that's the right way what would be something you'd be saying to them we want you to do well <laughs> as an analyst working for a team we want every single player to be as good as they can be mm. we take great joy when we Put a plan in place and your brilliant skills execute that plan that is a massive we can't do that <laughs> only you can do that mm. as a as a professional sports player and that but that gives us tremendous joy being able to if we can put you in the right scenarios where we've had a look and gone you are brilliant at this mm. let's make sure you get the most opportunity to be as brilliant as you can be that's what we want to do yeah. we want every player if it's 11 in a cricket team if it's 15 in a rugby team we want every player to be playing in the way which makes them the best player possible. Yeah. If we achieve that as analysts, that's that's the tick done, yeah. right? And whatever way that happens, whether it is with with helping with a psychologist or with helping with the coach or the bowling coach, but the way that we speak, the way that we make mm. that happen, won't just be by making sure that I bowl the leg spinner in the seventh <laughs> over. It won't happen just by that. No. It's a whole team effort. But as an analyst, yeah, we want you to succeed. Mm. We really, really do on your team. And, and we want the club to, to work well. Mm. Like that, we're, we've gone into the job yeah. to experience those highs with you. And we want you to, we don't just want to highlight where you're bad, mm. <laughs> <laughs> which is often, I think, the portrayal of, oh, they're the, they're the data guys. We, we want to we be truthful. We don't want to flatter. Mm. Um, but we want to make sure that you know where you're at and we want to help you get better, ultimately. Mm. That's, that's why we're there. That's great. Well, as in our aim hasn't been to be an apologetic for analysts <laughs> in World of Elite Sport, but hopefully it's been helpful listening and there's a great understanding of of the role, what goes on, but the importance of data. It's so important nowadays, isn't it, in the world of sport? But there's more to it than that. And we want to treat people as people, treat people as humans. Yeah. There's more than just data. And it's a challenge if you're listening in and you are involved in analysis. It's a challenge, obviously, I'm sure it is to, to do that. And if you're a player being analysed, hopefully helpful to kind of see what the motivation behind it is, but also... A helpful reminder that, as Bertie said, you're not you're more than your data. You're more than your stats. You're more than your numbers. You, uh, we believe, if you're a Christian, you, you well, we believe all people are made in the image of God. You, you maybe real dignity and real purpose and an identity which is given to you. 
mm. uh, and which is rich and which is more than whether you can play a cover drive or not because ultimately all of us will stop being able to do that in the future because <laughs> we're going to get older uh, and you won't be able to do this because that's fine if you've got a secure identity then you're, you're you're rooted you're grounded which is great so thanks for unpacking that bertie it's been great having you on thanks Pleasure. so much thanks very much hey thanks so much for listening to the podcast and thanks so much to bertie for being on i hope you've enjoyed that conversation as much as i did having it with him now uh, before we go i was wondering if you'd be able to help us out and help more people listen to this podcast uh, hundreds of you listen each month so if you could rate the podcast on either apple or spotify and leave a comment that would massively help it helps more people find out about it maybe those who don't already know about christians in sports uh, and do pass the podcast on to any friends or family who might find it interesting or helpful we try and work hard to have different guests each month uh, which might interest different people each month we normally have uh, an answer or two to one of your sporting questions about how sport and faith connect and then we interview a christian involved in the world of sports thanks again for listening do keep in touch uh, on our social media or you can drop us an email at podcast at christians in sport we'd love to know your feedback and hear how we can be helping you more and more uh, we'll see you next time thanks for listening again bye-bye